hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieved stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with John and Patty of the band St. Lucia over Zoom video. John was born and raised in South Africa and Patty born and raised in Germany. We actually chat with them there at their house in Germany. They live in the same town that Patty grew up in now, and that's where they're raising their kids. Pretty cool. But John, born and raised in South Africa, went to high school to an all-boys choir high school. From there, he went to college at actually Paul McCartney's College in Liverpool, and that's where he met Patty, who was going there for dance. Patty also got into music at an early age on the piano, big into kung fu. She was actually the world champion at 12 years old. And that helped her out immensely with her dancing. And that's how she got into the school. John has an amazing story about meeting Paul McCartney. We hear about their move from the UK to New York City for a job that uh, John had. Starting their own studio, which eventually led to them starting St. Lucia. We hear about the release of that first EP, which they just celebrated the 10-year anniversary of. We hear about them getting signed to Neon Gold Records, the success of that first album, When the Night, which eventually landed them on Columbia. We hear about where they were when COVID happened, a complete record that they had, really ready to go when quarantine started. But they moved to Germany. This is when they moved to Germany and started working on even more new music. So we interviewed them from their house where they wrote and recorded Utopia One, the, the new EP. John even turns the camera so you can see kind of the piano that they use for the record. And it's just, it's rad. So definitely check out the video version of the interview, which is up now on our YouTube channel. Check that out. It's up on our Facebook page as well. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bring Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well. And if you have time, hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with St. Lucia. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you both doing? We're doing good. Good. Um, Patty just got back from uh, Kung Fu and... Literally just took one bite of a meatloaf sandwich that she made for herself because she had two seconds off to take the kids to bed. And we have wine because here it is 9 p.m. No, because we're drunks and alcoholics. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, if you want to eat your sandwich, it's fine with me. No, we're good. We're good. Okay. Patty doesn't need to eat anything. She's a mom. She can do it. (laughs) I love that. Well, thank you both so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk with you. Um, my name is Adam, and this is about you both and uh, your journey in music, and obviously the new, the new EP and the new record label and all the fun stuff coming out with uh, Saint Lucia. So cool, sweet, Let's go. Awesome. Ready? I love your background, by the way. It looks oh, like yeah, a virtual one, but it's probably just totally a painting. No. Uh, it's actually a tapestry. It's, it's, a tapestry. Um, it's an, an Otomi from Mexico. It's like the Otomi people just make, uh, it, make it. it. You see it a lot in like on pillowcases and stuff, but I uh, picked this up actually in LA at the Natural History Museum a few years ago. There was like an exhibit of um, Central and South American folk art, and this was there calling my name, and it was like a good price. So That's awesome. That looks so good. Whoa. Oh, yeah, we love it. it goes, it's like... 
So you said it's a okay. South African piece? No, Mexican. Mexican oh, Mexican piece. Okay. Because you're from yeah, you South probably Africa. Recognize, like, like, you see a lot of this stuff, but you don't often see people like this, and it's like a bit more detail. You see often you see. these ones. Oh, yeah. sure, sure, yeah. sure. Okay. I'm from San Diego in a little Tijuana area. That's about it. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's a very cool piece. So, well, I guess uh, Gene, born in, born in South Africa, correct? Correct. What was it like growing up there? It's so fascinating to me. It was, uh, I mean, to me, it was normal. Just like anyone growing up anywhere, you know, you're just like, this is where I live. You know, I'm sure people in the future who, you know, live in a place where they have flying cars and stuff will just be like, this is how I live. Um, I mean, it was like pretty intense. Like you went to the most beautiful, like, school with like in the in the mountains it's yeah like well oh, wow Harry yeah i went to this uh to this choir school called the drakensberg boys choir that was like i always describe it as hogwarts but with music <laughs> which is <laughs> kind awesome. of magic i guess mm-hmm. um and um yeah but it was you know especially in retrospect it was obviously very interesting growing up there because there's such a inc- like interesting and dark and just all sorts of whatever whatever you want to call it, cultural rub with things, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel very fortunate to have grown up there because I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel so lucky to have been exposed to so many cultures and just to, um, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about it. It's, very, it's no. like, it was amazing. A, and I miss it. It's a really special It's a beautiful place. country. And like whenever, you know, we were just there for five weeks at the start of the year with the kids and, um, there's just such a joy and a vibrancy to the place that um, ah, you can know. only feel when you're there. You yeah. know, it's like, okay. yeah. Well, you said you went to a, a, a choir school, a school. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. And so I'm, I'm imagining you have to audition to get into the school. And how do, how do you get in there? And like, how do you get into music originally? Um, well, you, yeah, you have to audition. It's a very small school. It's like a hundred kids about. And, mm-hmm. um, what song did you sing? Well, I sang from a distance. The world looks blue. Um, That's so and I was just, I don't know. I was, um, my parents always say that it wasn't because I had the best voice at school, but because I had the loudest, they always gave me the solo, the solos. Nothing's changed. Which is still true. <laughs> <Okay>. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I just went and auditioned, um, long story and then you know something called me there because I was having a hard time at school and I was always like running away and climbing up trees and running away from teachers and stuff and um there was something about that place that was challenging and um there was just this deep musical education I mean we were doing like two hours of choir practice every day we'd go on an international tour every year for like a month um you know so I was went to Japan went to came went to the states twice um, Europe, Australia, you know, we were, it was just like this amazing experience to have as a kid and also totally surrounded by nature, like in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, pretty insane. Yeah. You know, like kind of the stories you hear from like when, when, you know, from your grandparents or something, you know, it was like we would, you know, to in the afternoons, we'd go and build a fort by the river and just swim in the river or go on a hike wow. and like there'd be baboons, you know, and monkeys and a f- kid would catch a snake and bring it, to, <laughs> you know, just like all this kind of stuff, Yikes. which to me was totally normal. I mean, it was, you know, and at the time I was just like, ah, oh, like, especially when I was, 
you know, getting more into my teens because I went there when I was 10 mm-hmm. and left when I was 15. And, you know, when I was like 13, 14, I was like, oh, this place sucks. I just want girls because it was all boys. And occasionally we'd have choirs visiting from somewhere and occasionally it was like a, you know, a mixed choir and it was just oh. like shenanigans would go down oh is it uh, <laughs> daddy's like huh tell me these yeah. stories yeah. <laughs> you're, you're the only one i've ever had for sure you're right don't you're worry right. that's right <laughs> did you come from a musical household uh, uh one generation behind me yes um okay. above my parents so your my parents, my mom played. Dad. Yeah, my mom's dad was apparently an amazing pianist, and he had like a deformed hand from like swimming in a radioactive dam at some point. Like a, Whoa. I don't know, whatever. But, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but he was apparently an amazing pianist, and he just do the bass with this kind of deformed hand. I never met him. Um, and my, <laughs> I don't know. There was just, there was music and entertainment in my parents' parents generation okay um, my mom was a. Uh, she made uh, documentaries growing up like she was a documentary maker that's she cool documentaries about, like, so still arts in your family obviously arts and you know and i always would go along with her on on shoots and when i got a bit older i would do the sound for her really really badly and she goes oh wow to fix it um <laughs> and uh, i remember like have, there was this one program she did once about bats like bat houses and i remember climbing into this huge like bat house with like a rifle mic just with bats everywhere and it just smelled like bat poop guano that's like terrifying me right now like oh my gosh i could not um, handle that at and all this is when you turned into batman yes yeah <laughs> batman. the wow. radioactiveness from my grandfather's hand yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. um yeah so i kind of but definitely you know autistic and and um uh um like my parents were definitely very encouraging, mm-hmm. encouraging yeah. for what I do, you know, like they always open-minded, open-minded. And like my mom would sometimes try and dissuade me because, you know, she was in the biz and she knew the, you know, the dark side of it all. And um, right. um, actually my godfather was this guy, um, Bill Fora, who directed the series Shaka Zulu which was oh, a um, oh, I really that. famous, like he directed and my mom actually produced it when she was really? pregnant with me and she was dealing with all the musicians and stuff. And she thinks maybe that's why I was musical because she was dealing with all the music. And um, yeah, and he was, so he was like a famous film director from South Africa. And so there's definitely been arts around, you know? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool that your, your family was that, I mean, supportive of it, just even to send you to a choir high school. I mean, that's big in itself, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, Not a lot of yeah, people have that. <laughs> Usually it's like, no, you're yeah. going to go learn this instead. But um, well, what about you, Patty? You're from Germany. Is that what I read? Yeah, I'm from where we currently are at. And Residing. I basically grew up in this place. Yep, that's it. Wow, that's Germany. it. Tell me about it. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. South of Germany on yeah. the border with Switzerland. No, yeah. On a lake. Very nice idyllic, like super idyllic. I guess we had idyllic in our lives. We're fortunate to do to have that because mountains, lakes, all that stuff is here, you mm-hmm. know. So yeah, it's really nice. And how it's really you good get- being a kid here, you know. Really, yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of nature yeah, there. Like as you, well. you have like a sense of like independence from a really young age because it's pretty safe here and you know, we walk to school by ourselves and, you know, I pick up my friend and I feel like Indy will do that soon. And, you know, I mean, he, he goes to like by himself already and he's four. So 
Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, we don't just for the record, we don't just let him like go by himself. Well, no, because but, because times have changed, but like. But he'll you know, go ahead. Like, so there's this amazing yeah. um, Italian gelateria in town called Dolomiti that's been here since Patty was a kid. Mm-hmm. And he just knows the way. So he'll just go on his bicycle. I'll just tell him. And he'll already be then. ordering when he gets there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Is it yeah. cool being back in your hometown? Like yeah, growing, I love you know, it. Raising like, your kids there. Yeah, I mean, I'm like two. Yes and no. You know, I love okay. it here, and it's ideal for kids. But I, I miss our friends in America, and I miss I miss the states in general. I think there's a there's a certain um, a vibe energy. there, and energy there, and people. They're very, you know. People always like say, oh, Americans are sometimes like, you know, so, you know, I love Americans. I love the fact that like everybody's friendly and like actually generous and kind of open-minded. And I always feel that like when you have an idea there and like you talk to somebody about it, somehow it, it happens, you know, you get into a, to a place where it's like, oh yeah, I know somebody, I know somebody like who can help you with that. And then you meet somebody else and like, I don't know. The, I, yeah, that I, just feels like there's a few more roadblocks. Yeah, I feel sometimes okay. just, well, good, like very traditional here, you know? So I'm sure. Like, come on, come on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I miss that. But I, yeah, I think for for the kids, this is really good, like really cool. And we have family around. So mm-hmm. um, it's really helpful. Yeah, I was going to say that's always a huge help. My family, yeah. I have two kids and we moved to Nashville like a, a little over a year ago, a year in February. It was a year in February. Oh, are you we, now in Nashville? Yeah, just south of Nashville in the suburbs. Oh, and you're from Nashville? No, no from Diego. San Diego. Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah. So we moved here. My wife and I were all from San Diego originally, and we moved here. And just, I mean, our both of our parents and siblings, everyone lives in San Diego still. So it's like we got here and it's like no help. No, <laughs> you know? know. To have the help and, and support is so big. And we yeah. didn't realize how big it was. I mean, we knew it was big, but you come here and you don't have it. And it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. I mean, it's like um, we have, I mean, we basically the whole of 2020 experienced that with a, uh, how old was Indy at the time? Two. Just being locked down in an apartment, you know, with <laughs> a kid and you're just like. And pregnant with child. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, you, from what I read, your your second child was born in 2020. In 20, yeah, 13, Friday the 13th. November the 13th. 2020. November 3rd. No, he's going to be a very lucky yeah, kid, probably, or whatever. <laughs> no, it was, um, <laughs> yeah, so it was definitely, like, you definitely realize, and maybe that prompted the move, actually, because it was, like, I sat there and I was, like, my life has changed completely. Where am I? And then now, what do we do, you know? So, mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. But it's great. We, like, we now have our studio in our apartment, and it's in the building wow. that Patty's parents live in. Oh, amazing. And, um, yeah, and it's just, it's, you know, sometimes it can be a bit much, but most of the time it's a great flow because, you know, if we're inspired, everything's just here. I mean, this room that we're in, our living room, um, I'll just show you around real quick. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, this is, so there's the piano and this is the piano that's all over the record, you know? And Whoa. this is like, the studio is just behind this wall. And so we just do everything here, you know, and just like all percussion, just everything is done in the space and the kids hear it happening and it's, the family's part of it and for That's all of its awesome. imperfections, it just has a certain vibe and, and it, it's not like, okay, we're going to the studio now. I think, for me, I think for me, especially 
you know, in New York, we had the studio elsewhere and it was really, I always had to organize, you know, babysitters or this and that. And, well, you know, we'd take Indy with us and, and then I couldn't do that much, you know, and it was just, I think even if I don't, if I don't actively go into the studios that much, I, the doors open and I hear what's going on and it's huge, you know, it's, I just mm -hmm. know what's coming out. And then like today he started like a song and I heard the melody, like I heard the, the, the beginnings of it. And I was like, Oh, I hear this, you know? And then, you know, you already had one. So I, was like, I did, but no, I think like it's going to be a combination in the end, but it's, but it's been nice for me in that way, you know, and like yeah. a new, new kind of way. Yeah. Was that kind of how this recent EP was built? Just yes. that way. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, the drums are recorded in, in Brooklyn mm -hmm. um, with Dustin uh, just because, you know, I had to go back and forth for a few DJ sets and a few things. Um, but everything else was just recorded here, you know, like, um, and it's just great. I and mean, what's so nice about these old European houses, they have like pretty good acoustics in general because, uh -huh. you know, things are slightly uneven and not exactly perfect and a lot, a lot of wood around. So like I record things in the bathroom, in the kitchen or here <laughs> in the hallway and it's just like a reverb from, every, you know, and it's... Um, fairly quiet you know sometimes you hear a car passing by or siren whatever but it just it adds to this kind of vibe a little bit yeah know? i like the that grit kind of sound in records it's not like fully you know ridiculously polished like some of the little things like that are really cool to kind of I find agree. like here you're like oh a little easter egg there's a ambulance driving by at this time signature whatever it is like, yeah and you actually cool. it's interesting that way because like you know, I didn't go to school for, um, for like audio engineering or anything. I went to, I studied, uh, studied like songwriting and stuff, but mm -hmm. I've learned so much about mic technique because of that, like eliminating the noise, you know, if you're, oh, sure. you're just like, okay, well, I need to use this mic that only picks up from here. And like, I've been using only a, like a dynamic mic on my voice, which is, mm -hmm. I don't know. How much oh, you yeah, have yeah, a mic, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah so it's like basically what you're using, like using an SM7, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so similar mic that is just, mm -hmm. you know, basically it doesn't pick yeah, up right. any. It doesn't pick up the room. Yeah. Right, right. I yeah, had a condenser mic and it was a nightmare to deal with because I had to get like the gate and everything all perfect or you could hear like any sound from like across the room. It was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always feel like those mics reproduce the human voice actually the most naturally. It's not like zing, you know, it's not right. like thing, <laughs> but it's got this nice sort of honky mid range in a way. That yeah. I like. Honky mid-range. Honky yeah, mid-range. <laughs> well, Patty, how did you get into music? Um, pretty late, actually. I was, well, I always was doing music, but like I didn't actually think of it as like a professional thing. It was always, I'm very um, sensitive. I'm a very sensitive soul. But like it was <laughs> always, um, <laughs> it was more of a, I would say a healing tool in a way. Like I would always play the piano and like, if I was sad or crying, I would go and play it, you know, like in these moments, it was always. I think you're a really good pianist. Like you can personal, rip some classical things. I can. Was that your first instrument? You're not piano? Lang Lang. Yeah. <laughs> you're not Lang Lang. You're good. <laughs> well, it was, it, it's always been, it's always been there, you know, mm -hmm. and I've, it's always like I would say it's always been a healing tool more than anything for me or like a ex, like some form of expression but I'm very shy when it comes to my stuff actually and very you know the hardest thing with Patty 
is she will just sit at the piano and just play the most beautiful thing. And I will literally be crying from this is so beautiful. And, and I'll be like, <laughs> babes, I have to record this. And she can't do it. Yeah, again. Of course you she can't, can't do it again. Like, but this is what I mean. But it's somehow it inspires something down the road, but it's yeah. just like, I, I need to just have mics on the piano at all times. I was just going to say that. Record yeah, but it doesn't work like that. You know, the moment I know that there's something there, it, it kind of changes. It's like that uh, single the dual, dual slit experiment. experiment. Oh, right, right. You, know, well, you can like, stick something under, I don't yeah, know, figure like, out a way to do it where you can like hit it from your phone or something. And then but it, it would still recording. collapse the wave state of the quantum field. Oh, yeah, okay. She would know somehow. <laughs> <laughs> my, my waves would know those waves. No, okay. it's, yeah. So it was, but yeah, I always loved it. I always played the piano. I loved singing. I loved like just, twinkling and whatever and and then I met John and it was interesting because he is like he knew exactly what he wanted you know and like musically he is so like and always has been clear like he's very clear like this is what I want this is what I hear this is like what I do and like it's not always the same stuff obviously like we've gone through many years of like different music you know Mm -hmm. but um I don't know we just uh we connected and we also con- we connected musically as well mm-hmm. and it and at one point we were just like oh maybe we should just start doing some stuff together because we were naturally doing it anyway you know to, together well, we were also working we moved to new york to uh to work at a jingle house like a music house and Patty started singing on a lot of the the stuff that i was doing like if i needed female vocals um and um, I think it was just that that made me go like, oh, damn, like you sound really good on these tracks. Um, I think there's still a couple out there with Patty. There's like a Capital One ad. There was um, wow. from back in the day. This was like 2006, 2007. And, okay. um, and um, yeah. We actually tried to avoid working with one another because everybody always said like, oh, you're together and it's bad for the relationship. It's blah, 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 blah oh, you know, sure. all that stuff. So I, and I always, you know, you think like, oh yeah, we keep things it's separate. Probably right, it's yeah. Better. It's probably <laughs> better. And then, but na- I think naturally we just, we just felt like, or we, it just, it just was natural, you know, we sort of headed that way. And then at one point, Jean kind of said, oh, maybe we should just, maybe you should just join my band, you know? And I was like, be careful, you know, we might get signed and then we got signed. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, real quick. Because of me, really. <laughs> well, obviously. So, did you meet in in the UK when you were going to school, John? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is today. Well, this year is our twentieth year together. This isn't a Now everybody knows that we're really old. Wow, that is so amazing! Congratulations. Yeah, we, were, we were young. Um. So yeah, we I was going to say. I think we're about the same age. So I, I'm just. I'm there with you. 26 well 25 (laughs) um yeah we so you know i moved i i went to england to go to this to the school we both went to the school lipper which liverpool institute of performing arts which is the school paul mccartney started wow uh, and it's literally the school he went to growing up and that's that's crazy um and uh we both met him a couple times like Did i had a really? private songwriting lesson with him which oh, was crazy wait what yeah, yeah. <laughs> he loved 
You know? Oh, um, so, wow. Well, okay, here's a funny, I'm going to tell you this, this funny story. This is I, embarrassing, this is... but I just think it's great. Um, great, funny, embarrassing story. So we got a private songwriting lesson with Paul McCartney at the end of our time there. And we had to pick one song that we'd written to play for him. And I'd written the song. And at the time I wasn't like, you know, I'd obviously listened to the Beatles growing up, but like I wasn't at that time a huge fan. I wasn't super familiar with their song titles. And I'd written a song called Carry the Weight. And I had no idea, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, I, so, so my tutor was like, yeah, you got to play this song for him, obviously knowing that like I had no idea. Right. And so I played Paul the song and he was like, this is beautiful. And um, it was kind of like a very kind of imagine song, you know, like I want, mm-hmm. you know, I want to start a new religion, like a very kind of like bright eyed, green eyed um, song. And um, he loved it though. And he loved it. And he like made a suggestion and I, I kept it. And now I have a co-write with Paul McCartney that'll, probably never see the light of day but oh wow you should release uh, that that's in, that's so cool yeah you yeah, should maybe. one day you one should. day um but yeah so that was so i embarrassed myself i would i like literally want to uh, just go to school there just so i can meet paul mccartney that's like my honestly like my dream in life like that is yeah, i'm not i'm not a songwriter nice guy. But very, very nice i pretend i was just to to get to meet him so whoa so patty would you go to, to school there for piano and uh, no, I went to do like it was a performing arts course. So I did like I actually went there to um, dance more than music, but okay. it was like performing arts. So those dancing, music, you know, and then you had a combination. It was a combination. My course. So were you a dancer then through high school? No. So huh. my journey is really weird. Um, I did a lot of Kung Fu when I was a kid. And she like, was world champion when she was 12. She will never tell you that. But Oh, wow. Really now it all makes good. sense with the Kung Fu coming in at yeah. 9 p.m. Well, from well, Kung Fu I practice. I had done that for like 25 years or something. You know, I left really early. Like I, I only did it when I was like a kid kid, you know, maybe when I was 12. And then so I at 12, you're just like you beat everybody. and You're like, all right, I'm done. No, it, it was the kids. It wasn't the adults. It was. Well, I beat kids. all the kids. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Eat them all up, like no. you were just slaying kids. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> World champion. You guys the sword form as well as so just like chopping kids up. Oh my gosh, that is. You just, you just do like a form. It's basically like it's more like you know at the time, especially the style that I did wushu was very um, it was very like. It's, it was in a way quite dancey, you know, you'd get a form and you show it and like stuff like that. So my, I, <laughs> I came from there and then I didn't really dance. Like I took some ballet when I was a kid or some, you know, a little bit, but never really, I wasn't, you know, me and ballet. Anyway, so then I, but I loved, I, I went to school in England as well. And there was a, an amazing teacher that was a dance teacher and it was just a sort of like hobby dance kind of course, you know, and mm-hmm. I was amazed that they were offering that at school. So I did it and she was like, Oh my God, you're so good. You should, do, you should do that. And she had such an energy that I decided like, Oh, I want to, I want to study it. Or I want to do like the A levels in dance. And then they didn't do the course because I was like the only one that wanted to do it. So I didn't really dance like ever, but I just loved like, and then I took like a Monday class or something and then I decided, no, I love it. I love dancing so much. And then I heard about, I read about this, you know, school and I was like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. 
And then Ika Bibari, obviously I went and auditioned and I was like, I'm not going anywhere else. I'm doing this. And then, <laughs> um, and then I kind of like, cause you have to show a dance or something. And then I just basically did Kung Fu and they thought it was really interesting. And what was really good about this school is that it wasn't like a normal kind of like, Oh, we're, co- you know, we're, we're concentrating on just like this and this and that. It mm-hmm. was like, they loved ver- variety. They loved like, you know, so they would have different ideas, different ideas, like different... getting, you know, there was like 15 of us or something only. And, wow. um, and then in the dance, in the dance. Yeah. yeah. In the dance. But so you come and doing like Kung Fu dance and other people probably had other specialties, right? Like, exactly. like so or whatever it is, a ballet tap or, mm-hmm. you know, jazz and then Kung Fu or whatever, you know, I mean, in our class too, it was like so many, and like, um, you know, the band, the Wombats, Oh yeah, I love that. They were a actually. year below me. Yeah. Were they in, really? Um, and we would yeah. play like the same shows all the time. Yeah. And like I had a small side project with toward the basis for a while. And um No way. Yeah, it's a really awesome school. I mean, we had all sorts of different people like like in our class that would just you just it was so diverse, it was so different. Yeah, and which was really actually cool, you know, like really amazing. Actually in hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about that. That so you awesome. both, so you meet at school. Did you have a chance to meet Paul McCartney too, Patty? I'm just curious now. I did. He would come into the dance class and he'd bow to us and then he'd go again. And we'd like, wait, 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 Paul, wait. And then he'd go, you know. <laughs> so he's like actively there. Is he like the dean he, of like school? He comes, <laughs> I don't know about now. Now, I think <laughs> at the time, I think he had a lot of family there still. And he wow. would frequently go and visit. And then he'd always come like, once a year at least, you know, like, or twice a year or something. It would always be their graduation. And then at graduation. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I need yeah. to like meet someone that's going there and just, just to attend the graduation. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, right. a, a good shot to see him. In that. Yeah, you can do like a, sh- a short diploma. Right. There something. you go. Just, like, <laughs> Try yeah, to find no, somebody, Pam, to do like online classes through <laughs> <laughs> show up for the <laughs> ceremony. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, so I you met. Like we, have not, we haven't talked about that at all, really. You know, we we yeah, hardly really ever talked about, about that. Yeah. Well, I'm a... glad that you're willing to chat. This is such a cool conversation. That, I mean, yeah, that right, is yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Exclusivity here. Yeah. Um, so you guys met there, obviously at the school, and you start dating. And when do you start playing music together? You said you uh, moved to New York for like a jingle. You were working for a jingle company. Yeah, so um, through a through a f- family connection, kind of not really like. I don't, like, should we tell the whole thing? Like basically, Lucy's no, it's like old, a long story. Yeah, whatever. Okay, I'll just yeah. try and give it short. But like Lucy's old, Patty's older sister, Lucy, okay. uh, was traveling and was living in New York at the time, and started dating this guy who was a partner at this music house, and obviously as a favorite to her, gave me a shot at doing some some uh, remote work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jean killed it one night because it was like they were in a pinch and they needed something done. And because we they were needed like a like seven minute piece UK, of music done we in were, a night. And we were Whoa. on UK time and like he just delivered. And this and then the head of the music company was like, all right, get him here. You know, that, that was wow. it. So, yeah. But a seven minute piece, like that seems a bit more than a jingle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, and it was for some like Toyota like internal video that didn't really matter, you know. But like they obviously gave it to me, the like new guy. Yeah. Uh, but but then so then uh, they you know we moved over. They helped us move over, and then uh, that was in two thousand six, September two thousand six. 
Was that a tough and, decision to make or no? Was it like, oh, no. let's take this. And even for you, Patty, you're down to just move to New York. Well, I still was kind of working uh, in on some stuff in Liverpool, but we, it wasn't a, I, I had just bought my first car, like a used little like Opel Corsa. What do you call Opel it? Opel Corsa, yeah. Yeah. And then this came through and I was like, wow, this was probably the worst decision to buy this car right now because now I have to sell it again. So that was it. But yeah, okay. it was an easy, easy, easy to say. Yeah, it was easy. I mean, it was funny because for me, like New York really never featured in my imagination of where I wanted to be in my life for some reason. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it was like an obvious, like, okay, like you have to take this opportunity, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, it was just such a level up for us, like just having this opportunity to do it. And it wasn't like the, the, the salary was really high or anything. Like we were fortunate over the next couple of years to make some good royalties on stuff, which let us then leave the job and um, like start our, start our studio and like start St. Lucia and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned so much doing it, you know, like having to write in a different genre every day, you know, all sorts of genres that I would never normally write in um, and learning about synths and stuff. Cause before I went there, I was like, I hated synths. I was just like, this is the worst <laughs> thing ever in the whole world. <laughs> um, and then being there, you know, there were just a few analog synths around and no one at the time was sort of into analog synths, you know, it was, it was that time. And I was, I just took, took the opportunity to kind of learn about them. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to try and kind of, um, excuse the fact that I'm a jingle writer by trying to make the music as real as possible, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I would just try and use the real instruments and learn about recording and stuff because I had no idea really. Oh, wow. So you're, yeah, you could use that kind of as your own tool to, to even expand your own musical knowledge and get paid and kind of all together in one. Exactly. To me, it was almost like, I feel like I almost learned more being there than at university. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Cause you're actually under real pressure and you're, there's like real money involved, you know? And it's just like, Mm -hmm. when that happens, um, yeah, you just, I think you learn so much. You just, you, you, you pull it together. So you started this, you started your guys studio while you're still working there. And then was St. Lucia a band yet? Or how did that, start well we so so at the time you know i had a couple bands in liverpool and they kind of they ended obviously when we moved and we've stopped going to the school and then we moved to new york and then i had a project called kites and patty would sing sort of backing vocals on on the stuff but she wasn't officially kind of part of the band and we played live and i met some musicians and we started playing together and it was just something i would kind of do on my downtime at work Mm -hmm. when no one was looking um and um yeah and i would always try and kind of like do it as well as i could you know like try and learn as much as possible like get it mixed by like a good mix engineer um and then when we left it when we left that job we just made a new ep and so our band was called kites and or it was my project wasn't like a real band it was like i had a live band and we had money either to start a studio or to promote this new ep that we made and so we just like well <laughs> sorry kites. So then, you know, like, a choice. and um yeah and then we were just sort of like you know living off some of the royalties that were still coming in and savings and stuff for a while and for a while, a while it was and like then kind of i scary. was working at a wine bar and i was working at a wine bar like, 
Yeah. And then gradually, you know, we like I worked on a couple of production projects, still did some freelance stuff. Patty was working, we'd work on on stuff, and then gradually kind of saying you should start it to develop. And um it was kind of informed by like what, what we were doing before St. Lucia was very kind of like, you know, indie slash alternative rock. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess, you know, it was this, this um, emergence of like Vampire Weekend, Yaysayer, like those bands mm-hmm. that were kind of being kind of worldly, you know, like bringing world influences with the kind of rock and roll thing that made me actually go back and relook at kind of African music and, re-listen to some of the guilty pleasure stuff that I loved growing mm-hmm. up that I'd become sort of embarrassed about liking through over the years, you know, and just kind of started to reabsorb that and started making this music that was kind of naturally joyful and wasn't really holding anything back. And that's kind of where St. Lucia was kind of that just embracing the sort of where I came from and just the joyful joyfulness and the kind of nostalgic feeling in, mm-hmm. in that's it's it's curious or I'm not curious, but it's interesting because I remember when that kind of shift happened, and I come from alternative radio, so I remember like when that kind of happened when it was more uh, the synthy like electronic music was making its way into the alternative space. Like you said, Yay Sarah was a big one, like MGMT. Like when those bands were coming through, it was MGMT, like it totally changed. Yeah, changed that whole the whole like I mean a, like what people thought the alternative scene was. It wasn't just like grunge bands and bands that sounded like grunge bands. Yeah. <laughs> it became like, yeah, just a whole different vibe. And then obviously Foster the People and other bands eventually came out mm-hmm. of that, yeah. that same world. But it's, yeah, it's, that's cool to be like kind of seeing that. And then you guys are, you can go back and pull some of these influences that you thought maybe, oh, like, I don't know if anyone would care about this, but then obviously it just creates this whole new, sound a new genre and it's it's amazing yeah it's sort of you know it's funny because a lot of people talk about how um a lot of artists talk about how music is therapy in a way you know mm-hmm. you're right and, and um it, to me it was just kind of like it's almost this like therapeutic process of kind of you know living away from home for so long um and just kind of like coming to terms with certain things and where you come from. And I think growing up in South Africa, it was never like a thing, you know, and I mean, obviously this has a lot to do with just being white and white privilege and all these things, but like growing up there and I feel like all the white kids that I knew that had bands, none of them wanted to sound like African. Like we all wanted to sound like Radiohead or American American bands or whatever, you know? So all the bands that we play, that we play with, do shows with when I was a kid, um, all wanted to sound like those bands. And so it really took that for me to discover it and kind of like appreciate really how amazing and magical my, my, my childhood was, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that, that's so cool. That's so cool. And um, when did, would you say, like, so St. Lucia Forms, you start, what, working on just music, and then are you playing out at all at this point, or was it kind of utilizing that studio that you put the money into? It was, I think it was the, the studio, it was really cool, because there was a there was a time in Williamsburg, especially, where, where the studio was, mm-hmm where there was like an energy and people just getting together and you would just meet somehow, you know, you would be at the studio and there was, uh, 
you know, Andy was down the down the hall, and then later on, oh, and the Dapkins were there, and like there was like like on, on our really floor, cool. the Dapkins had their studios. Yeah. So we were like right next door to the Dapkins, so you know we wow. see like Mark Ronson there the whole time. Yeah, that's crazy. With, uh, with Bruno Mars, Mars, yeah. where I saved him from being locked in a toilet forever, and then he wrote "Locked <laughs> Out of Heaven." So uh, <laughs> we think <laughs> it was um, Oh man, and, that's amazing. Uh, like Andy Baldwin, our really, really good friend who mixed, mixed, mixed well, a lot of yeah. uh, Weather Night, night. Um, and helps us record drums and, and stuff. And then the came and like moved in as well. Yeah, there was just a vibe. It was just like wow. one of these like classic Brooklyn loft buildings, you know, that are existing less and less with just, you know, there was an, the biggest anarchist book publisher in the world. There was, like was a circus. There was a, a circus. There was yeah. a bearded lady. Yeah. Um, there was... Yeah. <laughs> There was just, it was amazing. It was just this amazing place. You always felt like the freight elevator was going to drop like any moment when you loaded your gear into it. Um, this sounds like really, it'd be such a cool TV show about this building. Yeah, that you're, I you're think like that would have been the best TV show. It was amazing. It was like a really cool space. Really and actually, amazing. actually, the music video for Elevate is oh, about yeah, us leaving that space. And yeah. it's all really, I have well, to go back and watch um, that. Everyone got evicted in a way. Everyone got kicked out because, like, they were turning it into condos, condos and stuff. Oh, but, sure. Um, yeah. yeah, so we, I mean, we didn't get served an eviction notice, like, in the video, but, you know, it's a dramatic whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a really, really incredible, magical time, you know, when, when it was. And isn't this where we also then met Nick Brown? Yeah, so we then met and then Nick Brown. He's kind of the reason why things kind of started like moving yeah. ahead yeah so nick brown who was our original drummer he was mm-hmm. he played drums on another project i was producing for a friend and um we stayed in touch and then eventually i started sending him some of the music that i was working on and he really liked it and so we just started working on stuff he played played drums on a few things and when things were at a certain point he just played them for his cousin who is dj b-rock from the Knox. Oh, really? Yeah. I've interviewed him before. Music. That great, great guys. Yeah, yeah. B-Rock is awesome. And yeah. um, B-Rock then was interested and um, we got involved with that label. We signed to them for like the, I don't know if we signed to the EP or just a single, but we were Was that Neon Gold? Well, first it was just, oh, no. it was Heavy Rock, which is the Knox label. label okay, Heavy Rock. We released All Eyes on You and the Old House is Gone with them. Oh, sure. And then okay. we signed to the Neon Gold Neon Tr- and okay. we did the EP and the first the, album uh, with them. them. And then I think they parted ways with Columbia and then the rest was with Columbia. Columbia and okay. then now we're with Network. Network, so. yeah. Okay. Wow. So, so Okay. Sorry, let's rewind yeah. then. <laughs> okay, so back Sorry, to it's like a lot of no, no, no. So you were just you just happened you worked with sorry, you the one guy that introduced you then to the Knox, and that's kind of what what got the ball rolling here. I'm, I guess I got lost. Yeah, okay. So so Nick Brown, who Nick then Brown. ended up being our original drummer up until when the night our first record was released. Okay. He introduced us to Ben from the Knox. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, now I got it. It was just like, yeah, one thing led to another kind of thing. And then, yeah. Yeah, just being around there yeah. at that time and things happening and you pick up on the energy. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a, Very it was a crazy fond time. Memories, really cool time, actually. Yeah. yeah, and it was like 10 years ago now, mm-hmm. you know? Right, which is right. crazy. Like, we just, um, we just celebrated the 10-year anniversary of, our fir- of the first EP mm-hmm. and we did like a whole little retrospective thing and it was... Um, quite emotional no that's so cool that is that's yeah i think 10 years later you'd still be doing this and you know 
the amount of success that you've had is that must be crazy to think. Yeah, we had a good training for having kids though by having a band. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. I'm like beat. I'm like, what is this? Definitely harder. Yeah. Having kids, but it's also, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. what what was like, I mean, obviously we went over a lot there, but like, what would you say like the next kind of big moment? Was it getting the deal with Neon Gold Records? Was that kind of the next success yeah. within the career yeah. there? For sure. Mm-hmm. I think just, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, being, the- it's sort of like being like people were just picking up on it and that it was just like people were loving the sound, you know? Yeah. And then I just remember things started moving quite fast from there actually. Well, what was, what was, what's funny, like looking back is looking back now, it seems like it happened so fast. Like actually, if you look at that period of like mm-hmm. three or four years, it was like, mm-hmm. and then we were playing two nights at Terminal 5, you know? Right. <laughs> but, it, but at the time it was like, you know, we, we, and these were all pivotal things that lined up to us then, you know, playing two nights at Terminal 5 at the end of the mm-hmm. When the Night Tour you know, it was, it was signing to Young Gold. Suddenly you sort of get noticed because you're on like a major label, label for better or worse. Mm-hmm. You play South by Southwest. Uh, there was one Southwest, South by Southwest show. I lost my voice and I ran off stage in front of the whole of Sony. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> and it was just like all these things where you're like, oh my God, we're going to die after this, but then it keeps going. And then, you know, we supported Ellie Golding on tour. We supported Tudor Cinema Club. We had all these great support slots that were great. We had a few great sinks. Like there was this huge sink that, for Taco Bell that I was like, oh God, are we really doing a Taco Bell sink? But then <laughs> it was amazing. It was but then it, huge, it did yeah. so, it was maybe one of the hugest things for us. Still, it just, still the biggest sink that, we, that we've had, I think. Yeah. To this day. Yeah. And just all of these things. And then, yeah, that's kind of what con- contributed to that crazy growth. Wow. Yeah. So where were you all when, when COVID happened and obviously you were able to write this, this EP and did that start before the lockdown happened or were you guys still in New York when that happened? Yeah, we were still in New York, but we actually been working on a lot of stuff already. Okay. Um, we actually have a whole other album. <laughs> Do you really? So yeah. is it, is it, um, is it really, is it, is it Utopia right one? Is that, is that what it is? So is there a Utopia two then I would. Right. Okay. So I saw no, it was you're Utopia really one. Wrong and I'm like, is that just like a, like a board slash? I didn't, I couldn't tell. So I wanted to ask. No, it's a one. It's okay. so, so we just, you know, I mean, we've always just released albums and, Mm-hmm. With this whole pandemic, I mean, it, before the pandemic already, we had a lot of unreleased music that we were working on and trying to finish off. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit and we started working on a whole other bunch of music that we already started, was is basically already all mixed by Peter Cadiz. And that's a whole other album. Like that's basically Utopia 3 and 4. Oh, wow. So that was written and, pre-Utopia and, uh, 1 too. Well, and it was- whatever that may be, we have no idea. <laughs> You know right, what I'm I mean? just like, using your, your, like, your who knows what's gonna happen. It's just our, our second option with network hasn't even been picked up yet. So we don't even know if we're gonna get them. You're already you're already four albums in with them. Where it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's like I feel like I've seen so many artists doing the same thing because yeah. like what could anyone do during this time but write right. music somehow well also deal you have to, with what was going exactly. on? Exactly. I think this you have to imagine, like as an artist, also there's all this like your whole life has been upside turned upside down. And if you hone in on it in some way or form or another, or if you're just picking up on like what is going on in the air, you know, 
And these two last two years have been crazy, you know, actually crazy for everybody. So I think at one point you just start picking up on whatever, you know, vibe you're feeling. And then out came another whole album, you know? Well, we made this whole so- record. And then when we, so the story is kind of like this. So we made this okay. first thing, which we were like, this is done, whatever. But we didn't have a label to release it through yet. So we started the kind of process of that. And while that was happening, we then moved to Germany in February of last year. And I think there was just the sense of kind of relief and release. And, um, you know, we sort of were feeling like, oh, maybe we need a couple more kind of single-ish songs or something on, on this album that we made. Mm-hmm. And we just started writing again. We just were like writing and had a different energy. And then we just basically made a whole other album last year. Wow. Um, yeah, so we have we have a ton of music. I mean, you know, I, I say that we have Utopia three and four. I don't quite know exactly how it's going to come out yet. But right, right. I was just we using have that a example. Lot, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's there. Um, that's that's so cool. So then you get to Germany and you're in this spot that you're at now, and and what you just start working and working and working, and out comes all of these new songs and and yeah, so I mean, what we'll hear on Utopia one is what you are doing working on in that very area you're yeah. at one and two is all here basically apart from wow Rose. um wow. and uh yeah i mean it was just i think it's really like it's funny because damon alban's new album i haven't even listened to it yet I, I need to listen to it but i love the title of it it's something like the nearer the the nearer the source the clearer the stream flows or something okay close to the well or something you know the nearer the well the the clearer the stream flows and it just made me think of just our last year because truly this is the first time we've had our like studio and it's like we have all of our stuff our keyboards and everything in there and the the fact that we've just had access to that so easily i mean sometimes it's hard to like let it go and tune out which i wish that was Mm -hmm. easier but um, well also you're having to deal with like a whole family coming in and out or at all times, you know, like this is the family house and everyone is just here and there's kids running around and stuff. And sure, but it's just, I think that there's, there's a certain casualness and there's a few artists that have talked about this, like Rostam from Vampire Weekend, ex-Vampire mm-hmm. Weekend. And a few people have spoken about, you know, how a home studio is like the key, like to, I don't know, just making records that feel good. But I mean, a lot of great records have been made in professional studios too, but. Um, but I do think that us being here and having this year here has been really, helped us really that. That's so cool. I love the new or the song that's coming out would be Friday. I, the video and the song, uh, rock my feet, rock on my feet. I should say, um, tell me that's, that's such a cool song. Like, is that kind of the vibe of the record? Uh, yes, kind of. Okay. It's, um, yeah. I mean, I think we just kind of, yeah, there was this point where we sort of, again moving here to germany and sort of realizing in retrospect like how hard the past year has been and how sort of in this confused and somewhat negative space we've been in and Mm -hmm. being here and feeling like you're heading into spring and just sort of in some subconscious way deciding to look up instead of down you know yeah positive and to kind of recognize where we as a musical project lie you know and and how our fans see us and to a lot of them it seems you know we just realized more because we also started a patreon 
a lot of people see us as this thing that gives them hope or positivity, positivity. We get messages all the time on Instagram and stuff from people that say, Oh, you helped me through my depression or I got back from Afghanistan and I was messed up. And then I, you know, just these really moving wow. stories. And I think it just inspired us to go and do something that feels hopeful in some right. way. Right. Yeah. Rocking on my feet. It's just such an upbeat like vibe. I, I, it's a, it's a fun song and uh, a lot, I mean, a lot of your, most of your songs are very upbeat and like, you know, more of the happy grooves, which is really a very cool thing. And, that must mean so much getting these messages from people like, yeah, you know, you, you, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot to us and like, I kind of wish that we could show the other sides of it more, you know, but that'll come and we have done it and we've, you know, there's, there's a lot of the other side on other records, but um, I don't know. I think it's also important to kind of like recognize where you sit and who you are in kind of the music world and yeah i think that's kind of where our minds are at for this new record yeah i well i can't wait to hear the rest of it i love like i said that one the, the single you have coming out on friday is is so good and uh the rest of the record comes out at the end of the month i believe yes yeah that's and you're um, doing a big tour to support it right Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys, I'm, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I mean, that. dude, it's, oh. like, it's, it's, it's great. Um, okay. yeah, in, in, the fall, in the fall, in October, we're, 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 we're touring. Um, we're attempting to take the kids with, I don't know how we're going to do it. Just thinking about oh, it. Wow. Me, but we took Indy on our last big tour. Indy was, Indy's our, our oldest. Older. And he yeah. was nine months at the time. Yeah, he was nine. And Patty and him would be at the back of the bus. They'd sleep there. Patty would get like, I don't know, three hours of sleep a night. It was pretty tough for me because I'd be up with him at like six and he'd be like, ooh, look at the birds. And I'm like, oh, oh wow. Hey. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, you know, you play a show and by the time you wind down, it takes so long. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I was obviously still, I was breastfeeding still and it just was a lot. It was like a lot, but I loved it. It just, I would, I would do it again. So I'm just taking two instead. So see. we'll take two instead. <laughs> and I think like Indy before his second birthday was on like 50 flights or something ridiculous because he would come wow. with us everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Well-traveled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, That's cool. Yeah, that is yeah, we cool. Just, yeah, this is what we do, you know, and we like it's 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 a family biz. No, so, I love that. I love that. Bring the you can bring the whole family, extended family, get some babysitting in there. I know. I'm trying. There you go. <laughs> they all kids too. It would be a mess. I never knew how loud it can get. You know what I mean? Like I I think I now have gotten used to it, but like when you have like five kids in the room at a time, that's already a lot, you know? That is a lot. Yeah, they, then, you realize how they could totally overpower you and take over. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, wow. But well, yeah, and then when you have the, the eight of them, then it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of eight, There's eight? There's uh, sometimes like, eight? Charlie's oh. number eight. So we have like eight. My parents have eight grandkids. So Well, there's oh, four of you. Wow. You have a brother and then yes, two sisters. Yeah, and then... Okay. And your brother has three. Yeah. He's the oldest. And then Lucy has two. I have two and this is one. Yeah. Whoa. That's awesome. a lot of grandbabies. <laughs> but it's great. And I love it because I feel like, you know, this was also part of it. You're sitting in New York and you're like, you see, like here everybody lives um, 
about like I would say 45 minutes away from mm-hmm. one another or like is, is the furthest, you know? Mm-hmm. So within 45 minutes, you can see each other, you know? That's cool. That it's just cool. lived up the road. So it's like eight minutes walk. Wow. Yeah. John, are your family still in South Africa or no? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're the it's missing a shame. I mean, we, we yeah. um, up until we went to see them um, at the start of the year, we hadn't seen them for like, Two and a half years. Two and a half years or something. Wow. And my mom was booked to come see us in New York on the 15th of March, 2020. Which was obviously canceled because we got COVID basically around that time, um, right at the beginning. Oh, my. Uh, We have a whole bunch of friends that got it at that time. And, um, yeah, we were some of the first. Scary. You know? Wow. 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 Well, I mean, with Zoom and all this other stuff, it's it. You know, at least you can. That's the one great thing. Family. I mean, this is yeah. one of the greatest technological innovations. You know, like uh-huh. um, I find the the algorithm stuff with social media highly frustrating. But of course, the fact that we can like connect, like we can talk like this, you know, and there's nothing. It's just like direct, and I can uh-huh. do that with my mom and whoever. Yeah. This is an amazing thing. It really I is. I still would opt for beam me up, Scotty. Though that would be my ideal. Where it's like so fast that so you can just go like, oh yeah, hey, here I am. Hey, obviously, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> Wait for both days. Yeah, I, I'm just. I, it blows my mind that Skype totally just messed it up. Like, where were they? That they had like the monopoly on the the video chat, and then didn't Microsoft buy them or something? I don't know. I think but, Microsoft bought Skype at some point, and then maybe just like bombed and, it to do something else up yeah know. and then zoom's like hey we'll be here taking over everything for the next rest of your life but um yeah anyway well thank yeah. you both so much for doing this i really appreciate it i know it's late there and you have kids and uh i just have one more question for the both of you if you have any advice for aspiring artists follow your gut Yeah, I would say, I don't know if I was starting today or if we were starting today, if we would make it the way that we did. Not that you've ever truly, truly made it or whatever, but like, um, but I would say, you know, people, people try and get you to do a lot of things that they tell you Mm -hmm. is in your interest. And um, almost every time when I look back, if I ever did one of those things, I, I wish that I had listened to my gut in that time. You know, there's not many yeah. times, but like, I think that often, especially when you're starting out, you feel like you don't understand everything. And well, this, they obviously know because they're in these positions or experience, or whatever, but, they don't know. but <laughs> not always, you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like listen, listen, listen to your gut. Well, I, I think it's a tough place. Like I hate to say it. I think it's a tough place, especially with the, like on one hand, you know, I think it depends on where, where you want to head. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think, you know. If you want to give up your life, then you know, go for it. If no, you I don't want to give up your life. But like, but like any, career, <laughs> any career is like that in a way, I think. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any career that's not tough in some way. Every, every career you pay, like with music in a way, you, you pay in all these other ways for this freedom that you have, you know, mm-hmm. in some sense. Well, there's um, huge risk involved in anything. There's art. huge, yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's also, massive. I think the most important, just go for it because... You know, one thing will lead to another 
and like you never know where you're going to end up it doesn't matter and if like you your know? thing doesn't work out other people will see you doing that like I have, have you seen um I, you probably haven't seen this but Yodorovsky's Dune it's a documentary about mm-hmm. this uh this director Alejandro Yodorovsky who um he's a pretty famous like art house Chilean director and he was he was going to be the first person to make Dune the film Dune Okay. You could get into a really long story here. You just Sure, I'm, I'm just going to make it really, yeah. really quick. But he essentially in the end, after going through everything, couldn't make it because he was short of a bit of money. But like Pink Floyd was going to do the music. Like Dali was going to be one of the emperors. Like what? Uh, Jagger okay. was going to be in it. Like all these crazy. He discovered uh, Geiger who went, went on to design the alien. Like you got to watch this. It's incredible. But his film never got made. But what he did in creating this basically influenced every sci-fi film going forward. Like you see the, the, all the influences on, like you can spot it in Star Wars and Star Trek and everything moving forward. And it's just such an amazing therapeutic film to watch as a creative person, because obviously, you know, 90% of what you do as a creative person is not successful. Most of the time, Kevin Parker from Tame Impala. Um, um, You know, and it's just so vindicating to see that, that this person who's such a genius, you know, couldn't make a film, but it was so influential. So, 